Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower, and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt, and restored, equipped and empowered, and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And today we just want to begin to talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in our nation. Many are tuning in from different nations of the world. Right now, you know, we're located in the United States of America, and we just had a midterm election here. And there's a lot of people who are of conservative values, of biblical values that seem to be very frustrated, very upset very concerned with what's going on. A lot of people are saying, well, this election can't be trusted. There's fraud involved. All these different situations and circumstances uh, surrounding the election. Others are saying that, well, you know, the Christians didn't come out and vote like they're supposed to, or the Christians didn't vote for biblical valued candidates, things of that nature. I guess all that has a place, but I really believe that the Lord wants us to concentrate On something more important than all that, more important than political preference, more important than who's wrong, all these different things. Uh, I believe that the Lord is is calling for us to focus on Him, on Him. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says this in verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, behold, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple, and above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I, send me. And so we see in Isaiah chapter 6 that... There's a lot of things going on. The prophet has this vision of grandeur. He's got this vision of the throne room of God. The Lord is speaking to him. And what's very interesting to me as we begin to uncover the gems in the word of God or those the the rich deposits, uh, the treasure within his word, the first few words of the first verse say, in the year that King Uzziah died. 
I saw the Lord. And so what's interesting about that is that King Uzziah was a great military ruler. He was a great man. People looked to him. They looked to him as a leader. They looked to him you know, for strength. They looked to him for encouragement. They looked to him. He was veneered very greatly uh, in, the, in the Jewish society at the time. But there's a principle here in Scripture. What's that say again? In the year that King Uzziah, what? Died, I saw the Lord. And so, oftentimes prophetic writings, the writings of the prophets, they are woven together in such an intricate way, aren't they? Where they're oftentimes marked by the reign of kings. This king died here. This king was brought to power here. And I believe that the Lord emphasizes that for a reason. First, so we have a historical account of when these prophets prophesied, okay? But also, there's a principle here. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I believe that the Lord is asking us to identify what the King Uzziah is in our life that needs to die in order to see him. And by and large, if we're honest with ourselves, regardless of where you are politically, and again, we're well aware that the goal is to vote for any candidate that has a platform that lines up with biblical values, right? Because we all want to be in a place where we're living in a nation that has leaders that value the Bible, has leaders that value prayer, has leaders that value bedrock the foundation of the United States of America. And what was that? The foundation of the United States of America is Judeo-Christian values, right? All, all the way going back to the pilgrims, the Mayflower Compact, all those things. Why did we come over here from England? It was by and large for religious freedom and also, you know, to have to have fairness concerning the economy and concerning uh, many other rights that we believe that we were not being afforded in England, okay? Or, or through the crown, I guess you could say. But here, we need to understand that King Uzziah represents something or, or an entity or someone who is taking people's eyes off the Lord. Any individual, entity, establishment, party, whatever it is that is drawing your eyes away from the Lord can be a King Uzziah. King Uzziah was judged by God because instead of just ruling in that sphere of rule where he had from the Lord to rule, he began to start to touch or to start to draw people to look to him, to look to the government, to look to the military, to look to the powers that be, as it were, instead of looking to God. And God said at a certain point, Okay, well, now you've gone too far, Uzziah. And so God actually judged King Uzziah and he died because he went too far, because he started getting involved in touching the things of God and touching the house of God. And to the point where literally people were starting to look to Uzziah instead of looking to the Lord. And, you know, we need to be careful because we can be in that same situation. There are great, great leaders. There are great biblical candidates. There are great 
uh, kings and other nations and people who are walking according to what Scripture teaches. They are holy men and women of God, okay? Or those who are being perfected, those who are coming through the process of sanctification, right? We're saved by grace through faith. However, no matter how holy, no matter how sanctified, no matter how charismatic, no matter how strong, no matter how brave or courageous a leader is, that leader should never have the attention in our life that God has. And if that leader or that entity or that government or that political party, whatever it is, if that has more of our attention than than God does, then that's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And I believe that the Lord is speaking to the the church in the United States of America and also in all nations. And he is asking us to identify what is that King Uzziah in your life? What are you looking to for salvation more than me? What are you looking to to deliver, deliver you more than me? What are you looking to to bring healing more than I can? What, what has captivated your gaze when your gaze is supposed to be fixed on me? And I believe it's a, it's a very sobering question because it wasn't really until the people got their eyes off Uzziah. And by the way, people's, they were kind of forced to get their eyes off Uzziah, weren't they? Because Uzziah was judged by God. He died. We don't want God to have to take things away from us. We want to give up those Uzziahs willfully. Lord, I don't want to look toward this. Lord, this might serve a purpose in my life. This leader might be leading me. There might be a strength that's coming from this individual or this entity, whatever's going on around my life. But you are Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. You are my deliverer. You are the mighty warrior that breaks every chain. You are captain of heaven's angel armies. You are, you are, you are. You are my shepherd. I shall not want. You are my healer. I shall not want for healing. You are my deliverer. I shall not want for deliverance. Amen. You are Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. I shall not want for companionship or friendship. I shall not be lonely because you're always there with me. I shall not want for righteousness because you're Jehovah Sikhanu, my righteousness. I shall not want for anything because your El Shaddai. Lord God of all, Lord who provides all. You're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Hallelujah. And that's just beginning to scratch the surface of who God is. How many know that the angels in heaven are constantly worshiping him, finding beauty in him over and over and over again, because there's so many facets of his beauty, so many facets of his glory, so many characteristics of who our God is. He's infinite. He's eternal. He's altogether lovely. He's altogether glorious. And I really believe that regardless of what just happened in our election now, and again, to be clear, we always want to vote for candidates that have a platform that line up with biblical values. But regardless of that fact, we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Because the Lord is the one who establishes nations. The Lord is the one who brings an end to nations. The Lord is the one who knows the end from the beginning. Jesus Christ, our Lord, he is not threatened by what's going on in the realm of politics. He's not threatened by what's going on from nation to nation. He's not threatened by any of those things. He rules over the nations. 
God is on his throne. He's not left his throne. He's not forgot about his throne. He's not taking a walk away from his throne and thinking, oh no, I'm not enthroned anymore. No, God is still on his throne. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ, the right hand of the Father, making intercession. And Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, here leading and directing and guiding us as Jesus committed him to the church and to the remnant to lead and guide the people of God. And so we should have great, great expectation that regardless of what's going on, regardless of what things are harsh, things are good, God is still on his throne. Now listen, there were wicked rulers all throughout scripture. Most of the time it was because the people started to rebel against the Lord. They went into idolatry. There were good times and they began to forget about the Lord. It's all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the prophets, you know, all all throughout the major and minor prophets. Talking about one of the biggest ones we know about is Babylon. God called Babylon his sword in the book of Ezekiel. It was his instrument. He raised up Babylon for one reason, to chastise his people. And part of the will of God was that Babylon would be raised up, would take over as the known empire in the world at that time for one reason, to chastise his people and to put them in really in captivity for 70 years. But he never forsook his people. But during that time of Babylonian captivity, and then the Medes and the Persians took over Babylon, but during that time of captivity, God was still moving. Was it a difficult time? Yes. But we read about many accounts of the prophets having visions of God. Many accounts uh, all the way leading up to Nehemiah, who was allowed to go back and begin to rebuild that which has been broken down. And I believe right now that we are on the cusp of a rebuilding time. You know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, it's terrible right now. Oh, it's just horrible. Yeah, and there's some truth to that. But always remember that during those times, even when Babylon was trying to take over, even when Nebuchadnezzar was in power, God had his prophets, God had his priests, God had his scribes, and they were still fulfilling his will. They were still accomplishing the will of God, even though there was captivity going on, even though there was darkness, even though there was calamity, even though there was captivity, God's will was still going forth. And we know that through the prophets in the Old Testament, God continues to speak of this hope that's coming, the hope of the Messiah, the hope of the new covenant. All these things are being, are types and shadows in the old, but are fulfilled in the new. And we're standing in the new. And now we're standing in a prophetic place, if you will, where we're looking for the return of the Messiah. We're looking for the second coming of Jesus, but yet there's a lot of work to be done. We know very clearly in Scripture that in the last days are going to be wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilence. All these things are going to come. The Bible talks them, talks about them and calls them birth pangs, but then it says greater persecution is going to happen, uh, and, and you're going to be handed over, and all these things, and martyrdom, and all these things are going to go on eventually. However, in Isaiah chapter 60, when the Bible talks about that there's darkness and gross darkness, that is one of the most exciting times for the people of God. Why? Because the Lord says, I've called you to arise and shine. And yes, we know that Zion speaks of God's people Israel, but Zion also speaks of a spiritual Israel, who is the church. 
Isaiah 60 says this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. And many could say, wow, that's going on right now. But, here's the key, but the Lord will arise over you. So in other words, there's going to be darkness. There's going to be gross darkness. There's a dichotomy. The kingdom of this world is going to be judged. The kingdom of this world is led by the God of this world, little G-O-D, Satan. He's the God of this world. So there's going to be darkness and there's going to be gross darkness. And the world itself, the world system is going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. But what happens as uh, sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Again, in verse 2, Isaiah 60, verse 2, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes around and see, they all gather together. They shall come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come into you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. They shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Neboeth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar and I will glorify the house of my glory. Wow. And so, beloved, we need to understand something. There's a natural fulfillment of these things in Scripture. As far as natural Israel is concerned, absolutely, the apple of God's eye, the, the, the plan that God has for His people. But there is also a spiritual implication for these, these Scriptures. And, you know, oftentimes when we're reading the Scripture, we know that the word of God is living. And so when you're reading Isaiah 60, I don't know about you, but when I read Isaiah chapter 60, I am encouraged because God says there's going to be darkness. There's going to be gross darkness. We know in the gospels, it talks about there will be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be bad things happening, guys. However, the glory of the Lord will arise upon his people, will arise upon the church, will arise upon his, his remnant, his Jewish people, okay? So there is natural Zion and there's spiritual Zion, okay? And so it's one of the greatest times to be alive. Don't you dare fret. Don't you dare get discouraged. Don't you dare think, oh, what God, what's going on in my state? What's going on in our nation? What's going on in the nations? Lord, have you forgotten about us? Absolutely not. The Lord has not forgotten about us. Amen. God's will will prevail. And understand this, that there will be a great dichotomy. There will be, to some, based on their perspective, it's going to look dark. It's going to look gloomy. It's going to look bad. But I would encourage you to look from the perspective that Isaiah 60 presents. Yes, there will be darkness. Yes, there will be gross darkness. Yes, things will go from worse to worse. However, arise and shine, people of God. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of God is upon us. The glory of God will be seen upon us. And what will happen? Those who do not have a covenant, Gentiles, will come. 
Gentiles will come. Those who have no covenant with God, it will begin to draw people in. Why? Because of the glory of the Lord that's upon his people. The glory of the Lord that's upon uh, his bride. The glory of the Lord that's upon his remnant. And I know that I'm talking to a lot of people. A lot of people are listening to this podcast today that are part of that remnant. You know that you're part of what the Word of God calls Zion. Whether you're a Jewish individual, part of God's natural people, or you are spiritual Zion, the church, the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. We all have a part. We have a place, amen, and we are called to encourage one another. We are called to strengthen one another. We are called to bear one another's burdens. We are called to do that even all the more as we see the day approaching. Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Do not forsake one another, but encourage one another. Spur on love and good works in one another. Amen. Do not be discouraged. Yes, things turn out good sometimes in elections. Other times they're very bad based upon what we look at as biblical morality. However, God is still moving. God has not abdicated his throne. He's still in control. He's still in charge. And even though there might be darkness and gross darkness, take heart, beloved. Be of good courage for the Lord has overcome this world. He's called us to arise and shine, and the glory of the Lord being upon us will cause men from all over, people from all over, to come to the brightness of the rising of the glory of the Lord upon Zion, upon His people. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that this blessed you today. If you've got any questions, reach out to us. If you've got any prayer requests, please Reach out to us as well. You can send us prayer requests through our contact uh, form on our website, uh, riverofheaven.org. There's also resources there if you like those as well. And so just be blessed today. Amen. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed by the election results. But understand that Almighty God is on His throne. Amen. And His will is coming forth in the earth. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you today. I thank you for your people. Lord, I pray that everyone that's listening to this podcast today would be encouraged, Lord, would understand that certain things are going to happen, certain things are going to take place in the earth, but nevertheless, your grace is there, your glory is there, and you are causing us to arise and shine like never before. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you his peace. Until next time on Gems for the Journey, goodbye.